Welcome to the EchoCast, the podcast about video game news, speculation, reviews, and whatever else I feel like covering. I am your host, Bon, and this week we'll be talking about Diablo 4 first impressions, more showcase teases and concerns, Naughty Dog pulling back on their project, and much more. A few things before we get started. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. Please subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, and comment with your thoughts, questions for next week, or just to say hello. A big thank you to supporter level patrons PK, The Dawn, Cage Nephilim, and Neuronix, as well as a producer level patron Hassan. Thank you all so very much. If you are interested in supporting this podcast, and getting ad-free episodes for as little as $1 a month, please check out patreon.com slash Diesel. Gaming news. This week we have 11 stories. Story number one, Diablo for first impressions. So um, I, I don't plan on doing a, uh, a big full review. Um, the Metacritic for this right now is 87. Um, that is interesting to me. Um, from the reviews I've seen, and maybe I'm a little biased, um, I would have expected this to be higher than that, I think, um, from my own experience and from the reviews I've seen, which I would say at least half a dozen. People seem extremely high on this game. Um, and I'm genuinely surprised it's not in the 90s, and I honestly think that's where it should be. Um very good game i don't have much to say that i wouldn't have said before the release simply because i have not gotten past where i got in the betas in the test so i'm still playing content i've played before it's still very fun it's still very good it's still very satisfying i'm doing a barbarian i really tried to convince myself to do a different class it's just my it's the best one it, it, for me for my personal preference and playing i really like it and it still feels good um, and it feels a lot better this time knowing that everything i'm doing stays you know that was the bummer of the of all the tests is knowing that you were gonna lose all that progression all that gear and everything so this time it feels good it feels right you know so it, it still feels great. Um, the the server, uh, that was everything I was seeing was people being and, and keep in mind this is early access. Um so on the on the sixth, when the game actually releases, they're gonna have another influx of players, which could cause issues, who knows? Um, but so far I imagine a pretty large number of people paid for early access, including myself, and um, it handled it without a blip, at least in my experience. I saw some people had issues. I didn't have any, I'm playing on Series X. It has been perfect. Um, it's been great. So um, a big thing people were watching out for was the microtransactions. Blizzard has a habit of basically not showing those until the games actually release, especially after reviews. Um, you know, there's different takes on it. Um, for me, my only issue with microtransactions at this point is no PvP pay to win. I don't care if they sell 
things that make you progress faster. I don't care if they have battle passes. I don't care if they have seasons or something. I don't care if they sell cosmetics. I just don't care. I don't care. It's probably not the best take um, because those things um, can all be abusive, I guess. But I just am over the idea of people not having personal responsibility for this kind of stuff. I understand that these these games, you know, can, especially mobile games, prey on whales and people who have, you know, addictive personalities and stuff. And that sucks. That's not the majority of people. And I highly doubt that a game is going to be the turning point for anyone where if a game doesn't have these things then it's everything else in that person's life is going to be fine um i i don't care about the cosmetics um, i will say that i wish microtransactions didn't exist and then i jump forward 20 years to reality or they do and they're going to and Games have mostly figured it out how to not be too offensive with them. And from the store I've seen, yeah, the stuff is way overpriced. I don't care. I'm not going to buy it. The cosmetics in the game look fine that you get for free. Whatever. Like, you know, it's so it's a, it's a thing. I'm not dismissing people who don't like the microtransactions and stuff. It's all completely fair to be against. I just don't care. It seems nitpicky to me. It's you, you, you can't be upset about this and then you know and not about every game so it's kind of the whole you know it's like if, if, if you're gonna be if that's a deal breaker for you that's completely fair and reasonable the problem is is that that means you probably aren't gonna play many games um and and that's fine you know i just i guess i'm just worn down they got me or whatever i don't know i just don't care anymore so the microtransactions seem completely fine to me. Um, I, I haven't noticed anything that is like really abusive or like really trying to drag people in. We'll have to wait and see when they do their battle pass and that stuff in the near future. I think it's next month. Um, I just don't, I think it's fine. Um, and I'm not even going to act like that's like a good take. It's just my take. So let me know what you think. You can, you know, tear me apart if you want in the Discord or on YouTube or on Twitter, whatever. Let me know. Um, the final thing is, uh, and this is for full dis disclosure, uh, I did get selected on Twitch to do um, to be, be, part, uh, be part of their support streamer um, program for Diablo. So between June 5th and July 2nd, I believe, are the dates. Um, you can, there's two parts of this. There's one where if you, um, if you gift two subs in my channel during that time, you will get a exclusive mount. Um, you don't have to do that or do it in another channel that you spend more time in. But if you want to get a reward for supporting streamers that are streaming this game that you like, there you go. The other thing is, is um, starting on the 5th of June through July 2nd, again, I think it's every six days. Um, if you watch for, I think it's three hours, there's some cosmetic rewards you can get for just watching the streams. So, you know, June 2nd uh, uh, or June 5th until I think it's the 11th is one set of things, the 12th and then six days. And it goes on. I think there's four um, levels of it. 
and you can get some cosmetics and they actually look pretty good. That requires no buy-in. You just have to watch streams. I think it's three hours. Um, I should be able to stream at least three hours during all of those windows. I am going on vacation fairly soon, but I should still be able to figure it out. And uh, so if you want to get those cosmetics, if you're playing Diablo 4, you want to help me out, give me some viewership. Uh, if you really want to get crazy and give some subs and get something back for it, there it is. Uh, you know, enjoy. Story number two, Summer Game Fest, maybe mid. Um, I've been watching a lot of uh, previews and uh, not even previews, but kind of speculation podcast this week um, and, and, and videos about uh, Summer Games Fest. And just with the way that Sony show was where it was pretty low key and not very good from a first party perspective. Um, there were some takes and people being like, oh, I bet Sony saved some of their stuff for Summer Games Fest. No, they didn't. No, Sony isn't going to do a second showcase this year, probably. Um, they just, it's okay for PlayStation not to be perfect. Um, we got a bunch of good games from them over the last two years. And COVID's going to catch up to everyone. We've seen it catch up to a lot of other publishers a lot sooner. And I think what we're seeing with Sony is that we're, we're now seeing the results. We're now seeing... You know that there may be a year where we don't have any huge PlayStation first-party games, so I don't think they're hold, they were holding back for Summer Games Fest. Um, and then for Summer Games Fest, the issue is that the Ubisoft show and the Xbox show and some other shows are after. So Xbox may tease some stuff at Summer Games Fest, but they're not going to give Summer Games Fest any of their big hitters, right? And same with Ubisoft and things like that. So they so Summer Games Fest is in that weird spot where there's no reason to believe that Sony saved anything for them. There's no reason to think that Xbox or I guess Nintendo could show something because they don't have any big show coming up. Um, but Xbox won't show anything big there. Ubisoft won't and some others probably won't. Um, like we'll probably see a Kojima stuff because he's so close with him. We may see some interesting things, but the chances there's a really good chance the Summer Games Fest is going to be kind of mediocre. Uh, it, it may have a few big hits, but it's probably going to be like 90% ads, um, just junk games that just paid to be there, and you know people flagellating themselves for hit for Jeff. Um, like last year's Summer Games Fest wasn't very good. It just wasn't. Um, the the Gamescom or whether the Gamescom opening night live or whatever was really bad. Um, and then summer and then the Game Awards was okay. And so um, I, I'm really interested in seeing it now. Um, I will be co-streaming uh, the Summer Games Fest. Uh, it's one of the last things I'll get to do before I head out. Unfortunately, I am not going unless I do something weird, which I'm probably not going to. Um, I probably won't be able to co-stream or anything, the Xbox show, and definitely not the Ubisoft show. So we um, are, are just going to have to see what happens. Um, I'm excited to do the Summer Games Fest. Even if it's not very good, it'll still be fun to hang out. Um, if you're interested, uh, twitch.tv slash Diesel, I will be there at 3 p.m. Eastern time uh, this next Thursday when the Summer Games Fest starts. So we'll see. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm really curious to what could even be there. Um, 
you know, with with Jeff Grubb really pushing in, and we'll talk more about this later. Uh, things like Dragon Age and stuff not having a chance. I have zero faith that we're gonna see like Mass Effect or something. Uh, EA in general, like maybe like a Skate Four or or the new Skate game. Maybe we'll see something from that. Maybe we'll see something from Respawn. Uh, they they apparently have like four different projects going. Like EA could show up. That's the main publisher I think could be there because we know they're not doing an EA play, or at least there's no reason to think they will. The problem is, is so many of the projects that we are anticipating from them probably you know aren't ready yet to be shown. Um, and I'm sure they'll have their sports games shown. But yeah, I'm 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 not too hyped about summer games fest i i think the xbox show is going to be good it seems like everything's set up for it to be again we'll talk about that in a moment uh but yeah summer games fest may be just okay at best and that's fine who cares let's have fun with it story number three (laughs) xbox teases fables inclusion in their showcase uh so they released a little trailer that to me didn't mean much but i guess the music and some references to the glitter that was in this video and stuff apparently is a fable reference um i didn't know that that's news to me um but that's cool i i remember playing fable but at that time i just wasn't into like rpgs and stuff like that so i just never really got into it um, I'm definitely more in that zone now, so I am way more interested and curious to what a modern fable would look like. Um, Jeff Grubb, again, has talked a lot about how it sounds like that project is struggling, but that's not necessarily like a death nail or anything. It's just, it's kind of typical for really big games to struggle. It's Tears of the Kingdom was struggling at one point, and then they took time and fixed it and made it really good. And now we have what many consider the best game ever made. And so, you know, Fable, you know, having trouble isn't uh, isn't a big deal, really. Um, whether or not it's going to be shown, who knows? Um, I saw a lot of talk this week about like, well, they tease Fable, so if they don't show it, it's going to be a big stain on it. It's like, is it like, who cares? Like it's, it's so interesting and and I understand why, but a lot of these pundits and stuff like, like height, well, they hyped up the Sony showcase like crazy. I mean, there were like pretty notable and reliable people thinking we were going to get like stuff from like Naughty Dog and Santa Monica and then some, you know, like all of like a ton of stuff. And we basically got like one really big first party thing. And it was something we knew about already there. Obviously there was some more, but it was all fairly low key stuff. And so it's so frustrating to see that they, they were all hyping up this PlayStation show so positively and like so big. And now all they can muster up for Xbox is like, well, it better be good or else Xbox is done. Like, come on. Like, you know, it's probably going to be pretty good. It's it probably won't be the best thing they've ever done, but it will probably pre- it, it should be really cool. There's a bunch of stuff that should be in a stage that they can show us a bunch of really cool stuff and probably be able to preview some stuff that's pretty far out. So I, I just I'm, I'm not I, people need to chill, man. I saw even like Xbox fans. You can see people on Twitter having like anxiety attacks. Like you can see people being like 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 being anxious I just stop. They could pop up the Xbox showcase and show Pac-Man for two hours and people be like, what? 
and Xbox will be fine. They'll release a bunch of good games in the next two years. And it's it's just whatever. Like these showcases get like way overhyped. And I understand why the pundits do it and the websites and all that and the podcasts and all that because it's easy clicks. You can throw out some hot takes and everyone gets mad and gets in your comments and blah, blah, blah. It's fine. If the Xbox showcase sucks, who cares? They'll put out these games eventually. They'll probably be pretty good. Let's move on. The Starfield showcase. I've seen people being like, well, it better be, they better say it's 60 FPS. And it might not. They might say, at least at release, it's going to be 30 on like Series X. I'm sure on PC, they'll, it'll be fine. But like, if it's going to be 30 FPS, who cares? It's a, it's a Fallout game in space. Yes, it would be nice if it's 60 FPS, but if it's not, who cares? They need to show a bunch of gameplay. If the gameplay isn't the single greatest thing we've ever seen in video game history, it's fine. It's probably going to look like Fallout with a little bit nicer graphics. Like, it doesn't have to be... It, it just doesn't have to... You know, it's not... The stakes aren't that high. Let's just relax. Let's take big breaths. Let's release those breaths. And let's just have some fun. Let's just enjoy some gaming stuff. Hopefully it's really, really awesome. If it's not, oh well, we move on. Just like we're moving on to story number four. Naughty Dog is pulling back the scale and scope of the Faction's multiplayer game. So Jason Trier had a big article. I believe last week I talked about how Naughty Dog put out a statement saying like, hey, we are kind of switching some stuff up. That's where I believe they mentioned that they have like a single player game they're working on most reasonable people are assuming that's the last of us three it may not be but uh jason fryer put out an article basically saying that some representatives from destiny uh from bungie took a look at what naughty dog was doing and i guess the feeling was that this game that this faction's game this big what some people have described as like a, a multiplayer like the division style game set in the last of us universe um just basically looked like a developer's first live service game and not probably in a positive way and with the standard that you have for something like uh the last of us and naughty dog i suspect that uh either this is going to get scaled way down which is what they which is what is has been said um or it could just be canceled and it seems like there were some pretty notable people being like and they're probably just going to cancel this. Like it's, they, they only have stuff to lose here. And, you know, there was a story this week about Redfall and talking about how during the development of Redfall, 70% of the arcade arcane team working on it left. And maybe they left for reasons having nothing to do with, you know, the game or whatever, or maybe a bunch of people who, like making single player games didn't want to make a multiplayer game and maybe wished that xbox would cancel that game and maybe wish that they would make him reboot it at least um you know it's not impossible to believe that naughty dog and the bungie you know advisors and stuff saw this and are like and eh, this probably isn't worth what we're gonna have to put into it and it you know they don't want to taint their brand I think I talked about it last week, but you know, I'll talk about it again very briefly. Sony does third person, single player, action adventure games that are very focused on story and narrative and characters really, really well. 
I think it's smart for them to try to diversify from that, to, to get some first person shooters going, to get some live service games going, to get back into the platformer game and stuff like that. But you have to be careful because these live service games, if you look at the companies and the publishers, big and small, and the developers who have tried this live service thing, arguably, Bungie is the best one at this. Arguably, Bungie does this better than anyone else. And Destiny is not perfect. Destiny is far, far from perfect. It's, you know, if you compared it to the polish of it to other games, it's okay, right? But it's a lot better than anything else that the genre is offering. I know people will talk about Warframe it is very popular but it's also very niche um you know you and then you have to take a pretty big step down and look at games like the division and, and outriders and stuff like that where i think the division lives in an area kind of in the middle but still this this live service games drain your resources they drain your devs and even when and even when they've been drained and you've put all of your effort into them they may still just be fine at best, which is what I think we see with Bungie. And so this live service thing, and, and, and ideally, or in your head, it seems, I mean, it's a cash cow. If it's, if it's even decent, you'll make a lot of money, but at what cost? And a studio like Naughty Dog can't probably afford to lose 70% of their developers because they're being forced to make a game they don't really wanna make or they never intended on being a part of. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we find out this faction thing get, gets canceled. I've even seen suggestion that it may get paired way down and be a multiplayer mode for The Last of Us 3 one day. That it may kind of get shelved for a while as they focus on what they're really good at. And then maybe they'll reuse it in some capacity, which is interesting because it began life as we assume a fairly small scale multiplayer mode for the last of us two like what the last of us one had so it's it's kind of an interesting uh thing to see how it all works story number five the stalker 2 um, dev build has been cracked so a few months ago the stalker 2 devs that uh, ukrainian developer who moved to poland i think to try to finish this game um had had said like hey we got hacked about 30 gigs of our data got hacked, but it's all encrypted. Uh, but just be on the lookout that people are probably gonna start showing screenshots and videos and stuff from a dev build of the game. And that's what finally has happened. Um, it, it's gone around on um, like 4chan and stuff like that, I guess. I didn't, I'm, I don't delve into those waters. Um, but long story short, uh, it's, a, it's, it's believed that a state-sponsored Russian hacking um, group um, hacked into the, the Stalker 2 devs' um, systems and downloaded a bunch of files. And um, and, it, and I guess they, they, they kind of messed up by not hiding like the torrents they were using um, for these dev builds, but they were encrypted. The problem is, is that uh, apparently there was a way or, or they or the hackers found uh, some files that were also being shared publicly that had the encryption key in it. So they were able to unencrypt it and, um, and, and, and be able and have been able to dive into this dev build. Um, 
it's it just is what it is at this point i mean this is obviously part of a bigger thing unfortunately the stalker 2 dev um the the the, the developer um has i know there's at least one case of one of their um employees who got uh, drafted or uh, or volunteered for their territorial defense force in Ukraine died in combat on the front lines earlier in the war. Um, and so this is a pretty, you know, this is obviously a thing that's taking a bigger, uh, it's part of a bigger issue or a bigger situation. Um, these are just the video games. We try not to take it too seriously. Um, but this is like a weird thing where the, the lines have been crossed a bit. Um, so I encourage people to not pay attention to these leaks. Let these people finish the game. They've already put out a statement saying like, yeah, please don't pay attention to that stuff. You know, obviously they're bad actors trying to do a thing. Um, but we are just working to try to finish this game and get it out. I do want to call out something though. Uh, Insider Gaming, which is Tom uh, noted, uh, Tom Henderson, a uh, big game leaker who appears to just basically get QA testers to break their NDAs and tell them shit. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure he has some legit contacts, but it seems like most of the info he gets is from like just like kind of like the scummiest places to get it. Um, his uh, website. Uh, it wasn't him who wrote this article, but there's an article about this and it's bad. It's like written like a middle schooler um, and only like two or three paragraphs are about what actually happened. And then it spends like 60 percent of this article basically like talking about if the game will be canceled because of these leaks, which there's like no basis or reason to think that's going to happen. That's not there's no indication that's going to happen that, that hasn't happened before. And there's even this really stupid line at the end where it's like. And unfortunately, the game looks really, really good. So I hope it's not canceled. Like, like it, it, it's it's so perfect for that website and for that person who runs it to have just this low quality garbage journalism. It, it just, you know, it's just it's perfect because it's just bottom tier. This dude's like, like Tom Henderson, if you don't pay attention to him, in my opinion, is like hyper biased shows it real bad is is real clickbaity about and you can tell he's got some like really like shitty political stuff going on that he like keeps like just under the surface he never lets it quite be obvious i just i don't know i can't i can't stand it i i, I appreciate that the dude gets some scoops every now and then but after he was like proudly talking about how he never signs NDAs because he will definitely break them. He he and he what he really basically does is he doesn't sign NDAs because he finds other people who will break theirs and then he's not held to anything. At least that's my take on it. Um, it he just it, it, while it wasn't him who wrote this terrible article, um, it, it's just it, it's indicative and um it, it just i don't know it's frustrating uh you know this was a story this is a story to be reported on but if you go and please don't read this article but if you happen to it's just like it's one of those things where like i shouldn't be able to read an article and be like oh i could have done this so much better and i have no talent in this field but par for the course in my opinion for that so stalker 2 devs and uh, that's a huge bummer this is a game i've really been looking forward to um, I have seen a lot of people say that the stuff that uh, that, that has, is found in this build is definitely early dev build, uh, but that there are things that look really good in it. So we'll have to wait and see. Story number six, 
This is the weekly topic, and it is, uh, could 2023 be the best year in gaming? Uh, so I've seen some discussions about this lately. Uh, the first half of this year has been pretty insane, especially right now with Street Fighter 6 coming out. Diablo 4, you know, we've already had Tears of the Kingdom, Jedi Survivor, the Dead Space, and the Resident Evil 4 remakes, uh, Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, you know, the first half of this year uh, is already a good year. And so, you know, we still have things coming like Spider-Man 2, Starfield, Final Fantasy 16, um, you know, maybe Hellblade, Sinuous Saga, uh, Forza Motorsport, uh, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch of other great games. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you have to go back pretty far where I think there was a year where there was like a big Mario game and there was like all of like the like heralded platform, you know, super games all like had games, I think like Half-Life 2 and like a bunch of like games came out. I forget what year it was, but um and, and then i think even like something i think it was like 2017 or something i want to say when it was like red dead 2 came out and it's like god of war red dead 2 there was like another year where there was like this insane number of like really really high rated games um i mean i i think that this year is is going to compete pretty hard um and will maybe be hard to argue against being one of the best games uh in game one of the best years in gaming ever it's just um even if the games aren't for you if you can just um, appreciate good games and appreciate, you know, things coming out, even if they aren't for you that are very good and very, uh, exciting for people like, like tears of the kingdom. I have zero interest in playing that game. Um, I, in fact, think it's been pumped up maybe a bit too much, but I can't deny that it's obviously this like masterpiece game for a lot of people. And that's really cool. And that we have a bunch of games like that. Like right now, my game of the year, realistically is probably jedi survivor still but like the little indie game planet of lana like man it's really hard for me not to say it's that and then you know i'm really excited about starfield i think diablo 4 is probably going to ascend to my game of the year for now and then we'll see what happens with starfield and some other games um god we have like the ubisoft uh uh, Avatar game is coming, which I think could be really good. That's Ubisoft Massive doing that, which is an excellent studio, in my opinion. And I suspect that game is kind of sliding under the radar. Um, even something like uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage or, you know, it, it's, you know, Ubisoft could come in kind of hot with some cool stuff. So, yeah, I, I think this year could be the, one of the best years in gaming ever, if not the. And I would be really interested uh, to hear what you think. So if you're on YouTube, let me know down in the comments what you think about this year, how you think it's going to plan uh, pan out. And uh, if you're not on YouTube, uh, hit me up on Twitter, in the Discord, uh, in wherever you want to. I want to hear from you. Story number seven, the Division 2 Year 5 begins on June 8th. And... <laughs> I'll leave that to your, to your imagination. Um, <laughs> so, and kind of a surprise to me, at least, um, the, the, the fifth year of content for the division two. 
is 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 on its way um and i honestly didn't think it'd be till towards the end of this year um i definitely didn't didn't expect it to come before ubisoft's forward showcase so what this will be is the uh, season one of year five um that's pretty notable as well because even in year four of content uh they they started off with like season nine or whatever it was so they're even resetting the seasons for this year and i i think and i wouldn't be surprised if we end up finding out that they're kind of set either it's interesting i think they're either i think they're wrapping up the game i think year five is going to be the final year of new content and they're going to set the game up to kind of run on replay until they can put out a third game or this could be the beginning of them like going all in on a year five a year six you know maybe putting in a ton of content into this game instead of a division three or maybe both i have no idea um but yeah that's coming up pretty quick and i'm really excited for it um they, they've they've teased some stuff that if it comes to fruition could be really fun they do have their new mode coming uh, which will be part of this update the descent mode i'm not super high on it it's i'm curious uh, but much like the summit which was a uh, like a big skyscraper you went up uh, and countdown which was a, a nuclear plant where it was kind of these um, kind of randomized missions um, I, I suspect they won't it won't be like the best content they've ever made but it'll be fun for a few weeks at least and we can have some uh, good times with it but yeah division two year five coming up quick and uh, I'm excited to see how it goes uh, story number eight Battlefield 2042 is uh, its fifth season is coming. Um, this is a game that I really hope people have given a second chance. And if you look at the player numbers, it seems like people are. Um, 2042 is my favorite game probably since Battlefield 3. Maybe 4. Those games were very similar. Um, but 4 did some cool stuff with DLC. But um, 2042 is great. It's very good at this point. It plays really well. The battle pass is fun to level. Um, just it, it, it's just it's really cool it, it's a really cool game and 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 i am glad that it's starting to get the flowers it deserves and i hope it continues to do that they're adding a bunch of gadgets both old and new they're adding a bunch of stuff into this new season they have a new map they have some new vehicles and stuff i'm super super excited i think it's gonna be really really cool and i'm uh, i'm excited to play it this is my multiplayer game of choice right now um it was apex for a long time uh but now if i'm gonna jump on and kill some people it's probably 2042 especially if i have some tasks to do and a battle pass to grind and some new weapons to level up and things like that um if you if you already had this and gave up on it I highly suggest jumping back in um, if you can get it cheap or for a price that you feel okay with i suggest playing it battlefield 2042 is a very good game at this point in my opinion story number nine uh, the dragon age creative director teases progress of their game uh, so amidst some news from like jeff grubb saying that uh, this game is expected next summer of 2024 at the earliest um, and that we aren't expecting to see anything from it this year at all. Um, the creative director of the game is posted on Twitter saying, hey, I love that I'm at a stage right now where I can just sit down and just play my game. And that's what I'm going to do today. And so it's really interesting. It, it, in my opinion, it's a lot of very contradictory statements. Um, you know, the, the game doesn't, I mean, it may not even be in beta yet. Um, we know it hit alpha last year. 
I suspect it is in beta at this point. Um, but who knows? We don't know anything for sure. Um, it, but it, it probably has hit some snags with reporting that Mark Dara has returned as a uh, to, to help, as well as them bringing people over from the Mass Effect team to help finish the game up. I assume they've hit some snags somewhere, and so their hope to make the game come out in 2023 has been dashed. Uh, it's now they're looking at 2024. The best case scenario, in my opinion, is that the game is essentially content complete and done, and they're going to spend the next year polishing it, kind of like what we found out happened with Tears of the Kingdom, rather than them rushing it out as soon as it's technically ready, uh, which we've seen with a lot of games recently, including Bioware games. Maybe it is basically done, but they're going to spend the next year just working on it, polishing it up, getting everything looking super crisp and working really well. Well, for fans, that's a bummer because you're going to have to wait another year for your game. It probably pays off in the long run. And Bioware of almost any studio I can think of could use a big win. I kind of don't care about Dragon Age. I want to see them finish Dreadwolf so they'll start working on Mass Effect. But I know even as a Mass Effect fan, Dreadwolf doing well will be good for Mass Effect. Um, and I'm, I'll play Dreadwolf. I'm curious to check out what kind of game Bioware makes in 2023 or 24. Um, but I'm, my eyes are ahead. But also I realize that uh, a successful Dreadwolf release and reception will probably only be good for Mass Effect, um, e even if it's from an internal morale point of view, but especially from EA looking at Bioware with some positive outlook for the first time in quite a while. And then just the general public having a, you know, a slightly better take on Bioware and feel around them will probably help Mass Effect when it one day, like six years from now, comes out. I don't really think it's going to be six years. I think it's going to be longer than I've been predicting before, though. We'll talk about that another time. There was another interesting tidbit in that Bioware announced that they, uh, their Bioware Gear Store, which is a third-party retailer, um, it's the same one that does Bethesda's uh, merch, uh, has opened a warehouse in uh, in Europe, and will be able to do uh, way cheaper shipping and faster shipping, as opposed to doing everything from the United States. Um, this is an interesting one uh, and and my my first impression was oh they're like ramping up for dreadwolf and eventually mass effect uh so that you know because they're expecting probably a lot of merch sales when those games come out uh but then cage nephilim in my twitch chat last night uh, made a good point that bethesda may have encouraged uh, this company to open a warehouse there because of starfield and they're expecting to sell a bunch of Starfield merch. And so maybe, you know, Bioware is just along for the ride. Or maybe it's kind of like a partnership thing. I, I don't know much about that arrangement. Um, but it is really cool, you know. Uh, so for people in uh, Europe, if you want to order Bioware gear store stuff, I can give you a 20% off code anytime. Literally anytime you want something. I can do it in 15 seconds. Uh, so please let me know if you ever need a code. You can hit me up on twitter you can email me you can hit me up on i think like instagram and or you can come into my twitch chat or ask in my youtube videos for a code and i will send one to you uh, i promise as long as i see it uh, and if you are really horny for some quads you can get your rex body pillow silly Story number 10, Microsoft is gauging options if the CMA does not approve their acquisition. So we found out last week that they had officially 
responded or, um, you know, they're challenging the ruling by the CMA, uh, the, the chances aren't great that that's going to be successful. And so we've seen and heard rumors that Microsoft is already pretty heavily looking into their options. And it sounds like there are possibilities that they could basically figure out a way to operate ABK and Xbox as separate companies just in the UK. Um, they could pull their services from the UK entirely, which would be really interesting. Apparently the um, president of Microsoft is going to meet with uh, some of the upper leadership in the UK to see if they can probably grease those wheels a little bit and get something figured out. Um, it's, it's very interesting uh, what will happen here. It, does seem like i mean we have i think like south korea and china and a few other places have approved the deal recently it's literally everyone is approving it besides the cma in the uk um the ftc in the united states still hasn't ruled but it's assumed that they're going to kind of puff their chest a little bit but eventually approve it and so if it really ends up with the cma in the uk being the only region who didn't approve the deal they're just gonna work around it it's it's not going to stop the deal like it's too big of a deal for them to tank it because of one region it's a significant region the uk is nothing uh, to laugh at entirely maybe sometimes um but even the fact that like the eu approved it uh, and as you know with brexit and things like that uh in in the before times um the cma wouldn't have had a say in this really it would have been the eu um commission uh but you know because the uk is doing their own thing now uh, they they do have that discretion so it's gonna be really interesting i think this deal goes through i think at this point it's pretty much guaranteed but it'll be really interesting to see how they handle the uk problem we'll have to wait and see and the final story story number 11 uh just some updates on the channel and so um if you've been around for a while you know you'll know on youtube my big goal this year was to get verified on youtube the way you do that is by getting a thousand subs, which I have already. I'm actually getting close to 2000. So if you're listening to this, and you're not subscribed, help me hit that mark and to get 4,000 hours viewed on your content in the last 365 days. Now, uh, that's tough. That's hard. Uh, that's a big number, especially for someone like me who, you know, if there's someone who gets like a thousand views, at least a video, you'll hit that pretty quick. I get maybe a couple hundred and that's fine. I'm not complaining. But it's so it's been hard. I will say we crossed the 3000 hours mark recently and we've been hanging there. Um, that's the closest I've ever gotten to the 4000 and it is slowly climbing up. What I've seen is I had a big spike in views around like October of last year. And so as long as I continue to do better this year than I did last year up to that point, I should get verified. Um, because of my fun strike that happened months ago that they still haven't looked at my uh, appeal on, uh, and I guess they probably never will is actually still active. I'm still like on probation. So even if I hit 4,000 hours today, I still have to wait till the end of this month before I could be approved. Um, so it's, it's progressing in the right way. If you're watching this video on YouTube, you're helping. So thank you very much. If you're listening to the audio version, please go check out my YouTube. There should be links in my link tree, uh, link down below. Um, you know, subscribe to the channel, watch some videos. I make quite a bit of content considering my situation. I do this for a hobby. I'm a one man operation. Uh, you know, I stream, I make videos, I do a podcast. I do a, I dabble in everything. And uh, I would really appreciate it if you would help me get over that YouTube hump. 
That's the stories for this week. Let's jump into the listener questions. If you have your own questions, topics, feedback, stories, uh, be sure to use the Google form questionnaire that you can find uh, linked all over my Twitter at Bond Diesel or at the EchoCast. You can ask in the Discord, you can ask in the YouTube comments, uh, or you can hit me up on Twitter at Bond Diesel or at the EchoCast. Uh, I, I picked from uh, quite a few questions I could have gone from, uh, but I picked a couple here. The first one being from YouTube's uh, Jack Bauer in Space was used by BioWare as their elevator pitch for Mass Effect 1 to help sell it to their publisher, but also as their North Star within the studio when developing the game. If used in the same manner, what would be your elevator pitch for Mass Effect 4? So I think my Northern Star for that would be something along the lines of... Um, like the Guardians of the Galaxy game that married to Marley, the Mass Effect 4 narrative director, was also the narrative director for, uh, combined with like kind of the feel of the rebooted Star Wars or Star Trek movies. Man, I just made some people mad. But the Star Trek movies with Chris Pine, I really felt like those had uh, like the Guardians of the Galaxy game and those rebooted Star Trek movies very much had the feeling that I hope the next game goes for where uh, and, it, and it very much felt like the trilogy in some ways where there was humor, there was seriousness, there were high stakes, there were hijinks. Um, I, and in a way that Andromeda tried to do like the CW thing, I'd prefer for them not to go for like the discount version of this, but to go for maybe a little airbrow, but similar idea of trying to have a little fun, which is what the trilogy was all about, especially as you got to Mass Effect 3 and, you know, there were hijinks along with this, the, the, the high stakes that that game had. So, yeah, I, I think the I, I think that combination of Guardians of the Galaxy game and the movies, sure, uh, with the, the Star Trek reboot, I think that would be my North Star for that. And um, in the way that they handle just the, the, the feel of the game uh, and maybe games if they make more than that afterwards. Uh, Master Prime had a few quick questions uh, beside the Mass Effect 3 ending. What other ending would you like to change? Um, I would have liked to have been able to do more damage at the end of Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, there's some characters in that, and I understand because it was a prequel and because of what happens in Red Dead 1, which is technically happens after 2, um, that they kind of, you could only do so much. Uh, but man, um, as much as I love the ending of Red Dead 2, it would have been nice to be able to exact a little more revenge be before the fate of of, of the people. So, um, but yeah, I, I think that's the one that jumps to my mind immediately. Uh, favorite UI of a game and console. It's really hard to argue with the UI of the division. It's just a masterclass, in my opinion, of design. Um, of console, it's got to be the 360. The blades, baby, you can't forget the blades. They were, so that, as much as, as cool as they were, I would never want that again. It's so dated and awful. But the, but the blades, man, Xbox 360, for sure. And then the final question, are you watching the Summer Games Fest in IMAX Theater with a LOL? Yeah, so what was so funny about it is, and, and they're, I think they're doing that again. I think if you're in the right spot, you can watch the Summer Games Fest. And all I could think about last year was, and I think it like costs money and I don't think it's cheap. It's like that show was so mediocre last year. 
and to know that there were people somewhere in a few places that paid money to watch it. Just like, if you don't understand this connection either, Jeff Keighley, who runs the Summer Games Fest uh, and the Game Awards and all that, his dad invented is like the copyright holder or whatever of IMAX. So this is like a huge like nepotism play, which is really a lot of Jeff Keighley's career, but it's fine. It's, you know, he's obviously uh, moved past uh, beyond that and is and is pretty prolific in the games industry to say the least. Uh, but it's definitely that that's the connection in case you uh, weren't sure. So I will not be viewing it in that situation. I will be sitting right here in the seat, uh, but you know, power to the people who want to go see it that way. That wraps up the questions. Be sure to get me your questions, topics, stories, or even your feedback on the show. Uh, you know, there's there's lots of ways to do that. Please check out the uh, the the description for links. Uh, and and that's it. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, I, I want to hear your comments and your feedback. If you're on YouTube, hit me up down below in the comments. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast platforms, uh, find me on Discord, on YouTube, on Twitter. And on Instagram, you can email me if you want. You can find my email if you look close enough. And uh, I want to hear from you. And I want to uh, I want to have this conversation go back and forth. I think that's where I'm going to wrap it up. So that's all I have for this one. Until next time. I'm gonna go get some more.